And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. That we can, and so help us God, we will make America great again. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. Hopefully, you guys had a great weekend. Um, man, a lot to get to, as always. I, I know I lead every show by saying we have a ton to get to. Um, today is no different. Um, lots lots to get to. Before I jump into the news of the day, guys, if you haven't already, please follow us on Twitter at No Gimmicks Pod. If you haven't subscribed, please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play. If you are on iTunes, please give us a five-star rating and a good review. I'd really appreciate it. All right, let's jump right into the news. Uh, John Hickenlooper is running for president. Isn't that exciting? Isn't that exciting? John Hickenlooper, the former two-term Colorado governor, uh, officially announced this morning that he is also uh, running for president. This makes him the uh, 14th declared um, presidential candidate for the Democrats in 2020. Uh, Hickenlooper is is viewed as a moderate. He describes himself uh, as a moderate uh, who helped turn around Colorado's economy, um, which is kind of weird. I, Colorado's economy did grow um, under his his eight years, but uh, he actually opposed the uh, marijuana legalization um, for some reason, uh, which was a huge factor, probably the major factor on on why uh, Colorado's economy grew so quickly. Um, so it's it's strange that he he takes credit for that, but you know. He was governor when the the economy started to turn around, so I, I guess he does have that. Um, he's he certainly is a moderate compared to the rest of the Democrats, but I mean that's that's a pretty low bar. Um, John Hickenlooper is not a moderate. He's very radical, especially um, on the issue of guns. He's one of the uh, most anti-gun governors in in recent memory. He he basically stands for the abolition of the Second Amendment. I mean, like, aside from hunting rifles, essentially. And he has to say that because he was the governor of, of Colorado and everybody in Colorado hunts. So he can't say he wants to confiscate all guns because he wouldn't have been elected or reelected. But he is very, very radical. He is very anti-Second Amendment. Uh, you know, just because he's not a communist like Bernie Sanders does not mean he's a moderate. But, you know, I guess anybody to the right of Bernie Sanders gets to claim they're a moderate because such a large percentage of the Democratic base are radical, radical leftist socialists. Um, so, you know, does John Hickenlooper have have a shot? Uh, no. <laughs> and I've, I've mentioned uh, I've mentioned this before on the podcast. I've, I've specifically mentioned Hickenlooper on the podcast that I think he would smoke Trump in the general election. I think he would do very, very well in the general election. He would be a major threat um, to Trump's reelection prospects, but he has no chance to, to make it through the, the Democratic primaries. I mean, he, he can say, hey, look, I'm not a crazy Democrat like the rest of them. You know, vote for me. But the Democratic primary base, they want crazy Democrats. They want Bernie Sanders. They want, you know, the Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez types. They want the socialists. And I, unless Joe Biden, the only quote unquote moderate, Joe Biden's clearly not a moderate, but he's the only non-socialist that has a chance of becoming the Democratic Party's nominee in 2020. Uh, If it's not Biden, which he hasn't announced he's running yet, it looks like he will. He set up uh, field offices in in Iowa, New Hampshire and uh, North Carolina. So it looks like he will jump into the race soon. But uh, 
if he doesn't, if Biden doesn't run, they're gonna, they are going to nominate a, a radical leftist. I just don't think there's very much room for for a guy like John Hickenlooper or somebody like uh, Amy Klobuchar before her. Uh, you know, it came out that she's a psychopath that <laughs> abuses her staff. I think that I think her uh, her presidential aspirations are pretty much done. But uh, I don't think, <clears throat> excuse me, I just don't think somebody like Hickenlooper or one of these quote unquote moderates is is going to make it past Iowa. I really don't. The the base of of the Democratic Party that the Democrats that come out and vote in primaries are so radical. They're so far left. Uh, I think Hickenlooper is going to get you know one percent in Iowa and then drop out. It's almost like he's running to be like you know Secretary of the Interior or something like that for you know if there is a a, a Democrat elected president next. I, maybe he's just running to keep his name in the news to to boost his name recognition for a future run something like that. I, it's hard to believe he actually believes he can be the nominee in in today's political climate. You know, it, it's good to see people that aren't radical communists running. You know, hopefully he does well. Hopefully he highlights the the by contrast the radicalism of the Democratic Party. But yeah, he has he has absolutely no chance. Uh, and then also officially over the weekend, Jay Inslee, the governor of Washington, said he uh, is running as well. He's running on just a one issue platform of of climate change. Um, not very exciting. Most people don't really care too much about climate change, even among Democrats. It's not typically a top five issue. Um, so, and he's even less well known and has less money than John Hickenlooper. So, yeah, neither one of these guys really have a chance. Um, in other 2020 Democrat news, uh, Eric Holder, the former Obama Attorney General, uh, who had spec, there was speculation around uh, he that he may jump into the race as well. Uh, he said he is not running for president, but he will campaign to elect a Democrat, whoever you know the Democrats nominate. But I mean, Eric Holder wouldn't have standed stood much much of a chance either. But you know, he's black and he's an Obama guy. He's buddies with Obama, and and that would have given him a little bit of juice. But he also has the personality of my foot. So he's just, if you've ever heard Eric Holder speak, he's extremely boring. He has no personality. He's just not a very likable guy. So I, I guess it's not too surprising that, that he's not running. Um, but let, let me pull up the full list of candidates. There are 14 declared Democrats so far. It is, what's the date today? March 3rd? March 4th. It is March 4th. And 14 Democrats have declared they're running for president. Put that in perspective, In twenty for the 2016 election, at this point in 2015, there were zero candidates on either side that had, not, that had declared that they're running for president. Zero. 17 Republicans uh, eventually declared they were running for president in 2016. The first one was Ted Cruz on March 30th. None of them had declared at this point in 2015. So it's just it's it's amazing how many Democrats are, are throwing their hat in the into the ring already. Here's the full list of the Democrats uh, that are running. And this doesn't include guys like Joe Biden and a handful of others that uh, Sherrod Brown, my senator here in Ohio, who probably will run. Um, these are the Democrats that have declared so far. Cory Booker, Julian Castro, John Delaney, Tulsi Gabbard, Kamala Harris, John Hickenlooper, Jay Inslee, Amy Klobuchar, Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, Marianne Williamson, who honest to God, I've never heard of Marianne Williamson, who tweet at me at no gimmick spot. Who is Marianne Williamson? And then the uh, billionaire uh, uh, businessman, Andrew Yang, as well. So it, it is really a clown car. It is a really, really crowded field. Already and like it's March fourth, ladies and gentlemen. It is astounding that they are just 
all trying to wow it, it is it really is amazing i mean statistically speaking I, I i think the the most productive time to announce you're running for president is somewhere between may and, and july of the year before the election so it's these guys are i mean i guess they all had the same idea to uh you know get ahead of the pack but the whole pack <laughs> had the same idea they all had the same thought so i i don't know i don't know uh you know so where do we put john hickenlooper you know, maybe we should make tiers, right? Like the top tier at this point. And obviously I'm excluding Biden. When he jumps in, which he will, he'll immediately be in the top tier. He's, you know, has to be considered uh, one of the front runners. But the top tier amongst Democrats outside of Biden has to be like a Bernie Sanders um, and Kamala Harris would have to be the, the, the front runners. And then the second tier would be like Elizabeth Warren, Cory Booker, um probably that's it and then the, the the third tier is everyone else you know klobuchar is no chance hickenlooper insley uh tulsi gabbard i'd like to see her do well because she is anti-war and she'd be a, she's a socialist she'd be a terrible president but i hope she is at least on a debate stage with with a lot of these war hawks i think that would be interesting uh but she's definitely in, a, in the third tier castro is pulling at zero percent john delaney who the heck is he uh marianne williamson andrew yang they have no name recognition at all um so yeah, as it sits right now, I would still have to say that uh, Bernie Sanders, Joe Biden, Kamala Harris have to be the three frontrunners, and everybody else is way further down the list. But we will see. We will see. Aren't you all excited for for John Hickenlooper? By the way, there's no way John Hickenlooper. We're not going to have a president Hickenlooper. Like we are not saying President Hickenlooper for four years. There's just no way. Like that's that's just, that's just not going to happen. It's not going to happen. And because everything's stupid and the Democrats don't actually value saying intelligent things, uh, Hickenlooper's you know was posting on on Instagram today, like a picture of him like thirty years ago, uh, as a young man, like with a dog uh, playing guitar with a beer in the background. It's like guys, we're really doing this. Like, what a boomer thing to do. What a baby boomer thing to do. <laughs> I mean, he didn't lay out a platform like, this is why you should vote for me. It's like, look at me with a dog and a beer and a guitar. Aren't I cool? It's like the Beto O'Rourke thing, right? Like, aren't I cool? I used to be in a punk band. God, it's like, dude, come. I'm in a band, okay? I'm, I'm, I'm in a band. I'm in a popular rock and roll band, okay? <laughs> or semi-popular rock and roll band. I like. I don't. I don't need you to be cool. I want you to put forth good ideas that will help the country, and stimulate the economy, and get us out of unnecessary wars, and cut taxes, things like that. I don't care that you play guitar. I don't care that you have a dog. I don't care that you drink beer. <laughs> like I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. And I feel like Elizabeth Warren started it with her whole ridiculous. What was it? Facebook Live or Instagram Live? Like I'm going to have a beer now. Husband, would you like a beer too? No, honey. No beer for me right now. It's like, oh gosh. And then they're all, oh, they're just trying to out boomer each other. It is really, really weird. It is weird. But yeah, aren't you excited? John Hickenlooper, <laughs> uh, the man that nobody wants to vote for for president, is running for president. Isn't that exciting? All right, next up on the agenda today, and this one, this one is is personal to me. This one gets a little bit personal. Our favorite 29-year-old communist, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, is going after Uber now. Going after Uber now. She tweeted this today. Uber has taken in $12 billion in investment and had revenues of $1.7 billion in quarter four. <coughs> Excuse me. 
2016, yet their drivers only take home $3.37 an hour. Does that sound right to you? We must update our laws to stand up for workers in an increasingly exploitative tech-based economy. Um, okay, well, I am an Uber driver. <laughs> Your boy actually does drive for Uber and Lyft. Uh, to make some cash on the side. Um, and, uh, yeah, everything she just tweeted was a lie, uh, obviously. <laughs> Uber drivers do not make $3.37 an hour. Okay, that's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, look, I just, I'll be totally transparent. I mean, I, I, I do lots. I, I wear a lot of hats, right? I, I do this podcast. I'm the singer and guitar player of my band, Southbound Fearing. I, I work on political campaigns from time to time. And I also drive for Uber and Lyft to help make ends meet, right? If I just got a normal nine to five day job, I wouldn't be doing this podcast. I record this podcast, you know, around noon every Monday and Wednesday. Uh, if I had a normal nine to five, I would be at work at noon every Monday and Wednesday, and you guys would not get this show. And if I got a normal nine to five, I probably wouldn't be able to tour with my band anymore. That's not something I'm willing to give up. So. Uber is very important for guys like me. Like it gives me the flexibility to 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 do what I want to do and to to follow my passions and and to try to accomplish my goals and to build things like this podcast and my band and and other businesses and and stuff and other things that I have come down the pike. Um, it, it helps a lot of people. My brother, who's a, who's a stand up comedian, who you guys know, he's been on the show multiple times. He he's a stand up comic living in Chicago. I mean, he pays his bills with Uber. You know, like there's a lot of comedians and there's a lot of musicians. I know tons of guys in bands, great artists, great musicians, great comedians, artists of all kinds that rely on Uber and Lyft and things like that um, to pay their bills so they can still create art. They can still create content and and practice their craft and get better at, at what they do. And I know a lot of business owners, small business owners that drive for Uber and Lyft to make ends meet as they're building their businesses. When you open a restaurant or you open a bar, or you you open any business, like you, you don't make profit for a while. It takes time. And I know a lot of people that use Uber and Lyft and other things like that to make ends meet you know, when they're building their business. It's extremely important. Uber is fantastic. It's a fantastic service. It allows tens of thousands of people to make money on their own schedule. Like They don't give me a schedule. I work whenever I want for as long as I want. I could work 40 hours one week if I want to. I can not work at all if, if I don't want to, if I'm too busy, if I'm, I'm busy doing other things. What other job do you have that kind of flexibility? Like, no other jobs? <laughs> I mean, it's fantastic. And I'll be totally honest. I average around $20 an hour when I drive for Uber and Lyft. Around 20 bucks an hour. A really bad day if it's just dead on a Monday and there's just not a lot of uh, demand. You know, I, sometimes I'll average you know, 13 to 15 bucks an hour if it's a really, really bad day. And if it's really busy, I can average up to, you know, 22, 23, 24 dollars an hour. You know, like it's, and I, I talked to my brother who drives in Chicago and, and other, I live in a small market, Toledo, Ohio. I've talked to drivers in, in bigger markets that average a lot more than I do, believe me. But I average, you know, to tally it all up, I average about 20 bucks an hour when I drive for Uber. I don't know how or where she got the $3.37 an hour. I mean, to, to average 3 bucks an hour driving for Uber, you'd have to have, you'd have to drive like a tank that gets one mile per gallon. And then you'd have to also have like an irrational fear of going over 10 miles an hour or something like that. You have to drive extremely slow everywhere and you'd have to have a gas guzzler. But for guys like me that drive a Honda Civic and know how to drive, I mean, you can, you can make pretty decent money. You can make pretty decent money. 
It, it's, I mean, it's just a lie. I mean, I know we've become accustomed to Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez lying through her teeth. Uh, this is another example of that. This is absolutely insane, and it's just not true. It is just not true. These people call themselves progressives. How the hell is this? Prog- how is going after Uber progressive? Isn't a company like Uber the definition of progress? <laughs> Isn't it the definition of progress? Really? Uber is a very progressive company. It is a new model. They, they, they contribute great things to the economy. They improve many people's lives. I mean, it's a, it's a unique business model, you know? They don't, they don't pay health insurance, stuff like that. Maybe, maybe that's why, you know, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez hates him so much. But because you're an independent contractor, they employ tens of thousands of independent contractors and improve those people's lives, myself included. That is progress. That is progressive. Going after a company because they're successful seems pretty regressive to me. How is destroying jobs <laughs> progressive? I mean, this is a week after, maybe two weeks after, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez was bragging about driving 25,000 jobs out of her district. She thought it was a victory that she destroyed the Amazon deal in her district in, in Queens, New York. If you guys remember, Amazon was going to open up a, a second headquarters uh, in Queens. It was going to bring about 25,000 good-paying jobs to AOC's district. I believe the average salary was like 110 or 120 grand a year that these Amazon was going to provide. 20,000 new jobs. It wouldn't have just provided those jobs either. I mean, other companies would be hiring, but you know, the the people building homes in that area, you know, because people would be moving in from from out of state and out of the district. The bars and the restaurants around Amazon's headquarters would have been hiring and expanding because there'd been more business. I mean, like, it, you know, when you bring in 25,000 new jobs to an area, it helps out a lot more than just those 25,000 people. Those are 25,000 people paying taxes, for one, right? She loves taxation. And those are 25,000 people that aren't paying taxes in your district anymore. How pissed are those bar owners, those restaurant owners? <laughs> Gosh, it's insane. How is that progressive? That's not progressive. That is regressive. Bragging about destroying jobs, driving jobs out of your district. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Now she's going after Uber. The bottom line, she hates Uber because they're a successful corporation. They hate Uber because they make billions of dollars. They hate Uber because the founder and CEO is a billionaire. They just hate success. How is hating success progressive? That sounds pretty regressive to me. I am convinced at this point, I'm fully convinced... That if a Democrat does retake the White House in 2020, and God forbid they they take they keep the House and retake the Senate, there's a unified Democratic government, that they would just immediately tank the economy. I, I believe they would immediately tank the economy. The Democrats are running on this anti-jobs platform right now. It is so strange. And I really hope the American electorate sees right through this shit. Because it is, it is destructive. It is awful. Going after Uber bragging about driving 25,000 jobs out of your district. This is the base of the Democratic Party. They're anti-jobs. Maybe it's just that they're not hiding the ball anymore. I mean, it shouldn't be surprising. Half of them are communists anyway, right? So maybe they just want everybody to be unemployed so they can get hooked on the government tit and uh, get on welfare and you know be forced to vote Democrat the rest of their lives. Maybe that's what they want. 
maybe they just they're not hiding the ball and they're just being honest that they want a full government takeover of the economy. They want everybody to be on some kind of government subsidies, so they just vote Democrat the rest of their lives, and their kids get hooked on the government tit too, and they vote Democrat, and then their grandkids are hooked on welfare too, and they vote Democrat, and maybe that's just their goal, and they're just being honest about it now. But it's just astounding. It is not progressive to be anti-worker. It's not progressive to want to destroy a company like Uber that benefits so many people, that lets so many people pay the bills. And look, if Uber wasn't around, like I don't know if I could do this podcast. And hopefully I, I build this thing up to the point where I can do this and, and my music full time. That is the goal. That's what I really want to do. But in the meantime, when I'm still building this thing, I'm still building this business, You know, I rely on companies like Uber and, and Lyft to make a living. How dare AOC go after my livelihood? Bitch, you made it personal. <laughs> Gosh, what a joke. What a joke. Disturbing, but not the least bit surprising. Oh, side note, by the way, on Uber and Lyft, DUIs are on a decline. I mean, less people are dying due to drinking and driving. I mean, Uber and Lyft are literally saving lives. Like, there's no reason to drive drunk anymore. There's no excuse. Like, there's no excuse to get a DUI. I mean, if you're at the bar, you can just call an Uber. The driver will show up in five minutes, and you give them five bucks, and they drive you home. I mean, it's not how it used to be where you have to call a taxi, wait an hour for him to get there, and then they charge you 35 bucks to drive you five blocks to your house. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uber's quick. It's cheap. It's efficient. It's literally keeping people from driving drunk and, and killing people, right? So, ugh. It is just absolutely, absolutely astounding how little these Democrats seem to understand about basic economics. But we really shouldn't be surprised. We truly should not be surprised. All right, that's all I got for today. Um, I will be back on Wednesday with a little bit longer show. I know I had a short one uh, on Wednesday, and I promised a couple longer episodes. Um, uh, this week I had to cut it a little bit short today, but I will be back. Um, I believe uh, my friend Baylor Cook is coming on. Uh, yeah, Baylor Cook is coming on on Wednesday. It's always fun talking to Baylor, so that'll be a good one. Uh, definitely look out for that. I'm Brady Leonard. I will be back on Wednesday. No gimmicks. Thank you.